Greetings, dear viewers. We are happy to welcome you on Alatra TV. Today, we are launching a series, a new series of broadcasts in the format of international roundtables dedicated to the conference Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamt Of. The title of this roundtable is How to Build a Society the Prophets Dreamt Of. The broadcast is simultaneously translated into uh, 18 languages today. Yes, it will be 18 languages. And uh, we invite you to visit our website, alatrinites.com, and to choose your language so that you can uh, join this uh, broadcast and uh, uh, you can view it with us. Also, at alatrinites.com, you can find uh, all the information and join the project Creative Society. Yes, people from all over the world participated in the conference Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamed Of, held on March 20, 2021. It was broadcast on thousands of online platforms with simultaneous translation into more than 45 languages, including sign language interpretation. If you haven't watched this conference yet, be sure to do so. And we are pleased to inform you that these roundtables will be held every Sunday. Together, we will expand on the topics voiced at the most significant event for all mankind. And today, this roundtable brings together people from different countries, cultures, and different confessions. We have guests from Canada, India, Jordan, USA, Colombia, Colombia Pakistan, and the Netherlands. And before we move on to the conversation, let's watch some video excerpts from the conference. Foretold by the Prophet on March 20, 2021. There was a momentous and unprecedented international online conference. Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of. Millions of viewers around the world, hundreds of thousands of views and rebroadcasted in 45 languages. The people have spoken the truth. Welcome to the conference Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of. Millions of people are right now united in this global meeting. This is the day that our prophet described. I cannot keep myself from uh, saying how grateful I am and how happy I am for today's uh, amazing event because today is the moment of truth when we can finally speak about the end of ages of deception. God is one and all prophets came from one God and brought one truth to all mankind. God is one and the truth is one. More than 30,000 at this moment. Just think about it. More than 30,000 interpretations 
of Jesus' work. It turns out that there is a single truth that an ordinary person tries to distort for his or her own benefit. But who is trying to distort it in him? Who speaks through the mouth of such a person? Only Shaitan. And nowhere in the literature it is said, in our uh, religion, it is said that it is area-specific. The third uh, chapter in the Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says, I have created a system of ways of awareness by innate qualities, not by birth, but by innate qualities, guna karma. Obviously, the creative society, the Holy Prophet not only dreamt about, and not only talked about, but he practically proved that uh, such kind of society can be created in this world. The only truth that if we really want peace, harmony, justice in this world, we need, we need to speak truth, we need to act correctly, only then it is possible. Society must be creative, with enough space to everybody, no matter which caste or community. It doesn't matter the religion you come from, it doesn't matter your belief, the message is one and it is love, it is kindness, it is peace, it is progress. Through the creative society, just in a few couple of years, we have been able to unite almost all mankind. All has come together. Why? Because each one of us wants to live in a society which provides us safety, which provides us security. And where do we get that society? That is what creative society provides us. So now people have understood. It is high time to leave the clutches of consumer society and be a part of the creative society and assume ownership of this mass movement. Every head matters and every hand counts. Please raise your hands if you are willing to join in and contribute. We have to take this opportunity. This is the time we have to be together. This is the time. Let's make this dream come true. Let's build this creative society. Let's be united because, yes, together we can. The sign of the Prophet and the sign of today's creative society. This is what the Prophets dreamed of and this is already what we are implementing today. The importance of the conference which took place on March 20th is not only in numbers and scale, but also in the fact that for the first time in human history, something happened that many thought was impossible. We did it ourselves, of our own free will, on our own initiative. We united to share openly and honestly about the most important, the most important matter for all of humanity. 
we united to change the course of history, to change the format of society from consumer to creative one. And now uh, I would like to ask the first question about uh, the importance of this conference, because millions of views and simultaneous translation to over 45 languages, including sign language, thousands of platforms and all organized by, by volunteers. This, of course, is an event that has no analogs in the entire history of mankind. And please uh, share how you understand the uniqueness and the significance of this conference for humanity. I would like to present our first speaker, uh, Paul Anderson, professor of Biblical and Quaker Studies in George Fox University from the USA. Please, uh, Dr. Anderson, could you uh, just share what do you think about the importance and significance of this uh, conference? Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Anna and Alexi. It's great to be with you and so many others. Um, I thought the event two weeks ago was really an amazing event, both technologically to pull off such a huge international conference and also translating it into many languages, uh, really an amazing event. Um, it's not unique in terms of comparative religions because uh, religions have been talking together uh, over many years. But what, what is unique about it, I think, is just drawing in uh, popular audiences as well and trying to key into people's interests to really be united in our quest for God and wanting to follow God however we understand that. I really like the way that the emphasis is placed upon the original visions of the prophets. And one of the things that I see, for instance, in the Abrahamic traditions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is that each of these religions has a part of its ethos um, a global interest. It's not just for one, it is, it is for a group, but it's not just for a group, but it really has a global kind of a vision. And I think trying to recover that and trying to be a blessing to the entire world is what all the great religions are hoping to do. For instance, uh, in Genesis 12, God's promise to Abram, later Abraham, uh, is that he and his descendants will be a blessing to the world. That is the basis for the land and the people, to be a blessing to the entire world, not just to one individual group. When you look at Moses, who brings us the Ten Commandments, I mean, what a huge impact that is upon the entire world in terms of an understanding of ethics and justice and goodness. Um, in Numbers eleven twenty nine, uh, Moses is asked by Joshua, people are prophesying outside the camp, should we silence them? He's worried that it might detract from Moses' authority. Notice the way Moses really lives into great authority and leadership. He says, no, I wish that all God's people were prophets and that he would put his spirit upon all of them. I think that's the original Mosaic vision, that all God's people would have direct access to God and would live uh, responsively to the divine initiative. When you look at Jesus, and tomorrow is Easter, as we celebrate it uh, here in, uh, in uh, Protestant traditions, um, to, to understand that despite being killed by empire on the cross, he was raised uh, from the dead by God as a blessing to the entire world. 
saying that death is not the end. Uh, that resurrection power is great hope for all of humanity. And this is the message that the apostles preached. Uh, Peter at Pentecost and all throughout the book of Acts, you, know, you, you, you see the, the message that the worst that humanity had to offer, God had the final word. And that power of the resurrected Lord, I think, is great hope for all of humanity, not just one faith tradition. So one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, this creative society is that it really takes seriously also the Gospel of John, uh, where Jesus says, I will send you my Holy Spirit, or the parakletos, the one who is called alongside as a helper, as an advocate, as one who leads people into truth. And so to take that seriously, creativity is not done. God is still in the world doing creative work. And so one of the things that we can do with each other and for each other is to listen to God's truth coming from and through one another. No one has total access to God's truth, but no one is deprived of total access to God's truth. So as seekers of the truth together, and as a Christian, I, I, I believe that Jesus is right when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, well, he also says the truth will set you free. And so if we can seek the truth together, and by the way, he said to Pilate, my kingdom is one of truth. And that's why my disciples cannot fight or commit violence, because you can never further truth by violence or force or intimidation. So I think that's a great hope for all of us across our faith traditions to seek the truth together, to witness to it, to testify to it, but to also listen for God's truth coming from the other as we seek to abide in the truth. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Professor Anderson. Uh, and indeed, I mean, everything that uh, you said is uh, resonates with uh, the main message that the truth is one for uh, everyone, and this is what the prophets brought us. And I would like to ask the same question about uh, the uh, importance and significance of this conference to Professor Sombir Samir, who is uh, the founder and president of Ahardeep uh, from India. Professor? Sir, uh, do, do, do you hear us? Yes, we can't hear you clearly because you uh, said um, uh, you have some uh, celebrations outside of your house. Uh, yeah. So uh, we can we can maybe uh, come back to uh, to you a little later uh, and uh, hoping that uh, uh, the situation improves. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes, I can. I think we can wait a bit. Yes, and now just uh, ask the same question. I will repeat it for you. 
Mr. Auger, because uh, we now have uh, with us. Uh, thank you for coming, for connecting us today, and for being with us today. Also, you took uh, participant uh, participation in the conference, uh, Creative Society, what uh, Prophets Dreamed of, and uh, we are very glad to see you today. Uh, Gerald Auger, Indigenous Relations Consultant, Producer, National Native Role Model, uh, Entrepreneur, Motivational Speaker from Canada. Thank you very much, Gerald, for connecting. And our question is, how do you uh, understand the significance, uh, the importance of this conference you took part in on the 20th of March? Can you please turn on your microphone so we could hear you? It says, it says it's on. Well, we can, can hear you. Yes, we can hear you now. Yes, there we go. Thank you. I want to honor the Creator first and foremost for allowing us here, loaning us another day in this physical world. And I acknowledge my human family in the language that I was blessed with by my Creator, with being the Woodland Cree. I am always acknowledged that part of my human being when I speak with my fellow human beings. So. And I thank you for the question and why is it significant today that why the conference was significant for me is what the ancestors had spoke of this time. The ancestors spoke of a time where the, where the human family would gather under the sacred tree of life to come together in love, light, and unity. There was a prophecy that they spoke of where the grand, grandmother spider would cast a web around Mother Earth that would bring unity and knowledge to every race of the human family. And now through this global pandemic, it's forced the fellow human being to go back into their home fire and be able to learn to communicate through this worldwide web that had been created for that purpose. But because the human family had got, was going down a different road, of not coming together in love, light, and unity. This pandemic that the ancestors spoke of was making the human being realize the true sacredness and sanctity of life. And it was good for the for other members of my human family to be able to come together and understand each other's various cultures, spiritual values, beliefs, and philosophies because the world has forgotten about its fellow human being and I honor each and every one of you who have come together in this challenging but beautiful time because it's forcing the human being to sit to sit still and listen to the silence because the world was going spinning out of control we were not taking the time to sit and listen and sit with compassion, kindness, and love for our fellow human being. They had said that time itself is not speeding up. It's us as a human being who are rushing through life. We are living a 1260 frequency, the ancestors talked about. 
whether it's 60 seconds to a minute, 60 minutes to an hour, 12 months of the year. That's artificial time. That's a clock and a calendar that we will never be able to catch up to. And to revert to understanding what that 1328 frequency that only the animal nation, the water nation, the fish nation, the sky nation are the only ones who understand that frequency. And that frequency that we call a 1328 is what we know as the as real time, that there's a full moon every 28 days of the year. And that is the original time that we as human beings were to follow. But because the world decided to adopt another philosophy, another way of life that disconnected us from our higher power, that disconnected us from ourselves as human beings, and started chasing this clock, this calendar that we'll never catch up to, and living in a consumer-based society where we forget about each other, we forget about our fellow human beings. And we're in that time where the most powerful and the most sacred being in this world is on the rise. We as men are strong physically, but the woman is stronger emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, for she's the nurturer, a caretaker, and a giver of life. If it was not for this powerful, sacred being that we know as the woman, we as a human family would cease to exist. Without Mother Earth, who gives us life every day, we as a human family would cease to exist. So I am honored and truly humbled to be living in such a powerful, beautiful time where it's uniting the four races of the human family to come together in love, light, and unity. Because if we don't change our direction, we will not be able to leave anything behind for our children and their children's children. Our children are on loan to us from the Creator. The Creator loved us enough to grant us free will. We are free to make choices, but we're not free from the consequences. You do good things, good things will come. You do bad things, bad things will come. The universe is the eyes and ears of our creator. You can lie to yourself, to your fellow human being, but you can't lie to the creator. The creator knows your true intentions behind your intentions. The creator knows your reaction before your action in life. Creator knows how you're going to react when that trial and tribulation is put in your path tomorrow. Just like the creator will know how you're going to react when that blessing is put upon your path, if you're going to react in gratitude. And the beautiful thing that Yahshua, that I've come to know as Yahshua, had said to us, the reason why the creator created different cultures, colors, creeds, and faiths, and languages, was so that we as a human family can learn from each other. And that's the beautiful thing about, and I honored the woman behind the creative society who had come, who had seen this vision that the ancestors had seen since the beginning of time. So I'm truly honored to have been a part of it, to be, to still be a part of it. Because this is the time where we need to like 
what Crazy Horse, one of our foremost leaders, had said. I see seven generations or four races of the human family will gather under the sacred tree of life and come together in love, light, unity, and healing. And we are to honor, always honor our human family as we are always to honor those four sacred elements that give us life every day, the earth, the wind, the water, the fire. Those four various, those four sacred elements are in us as human beings. The air that we breathe is the wind on, on the back of Mother Earth. The water that covers Mother Earth, the majority of Earth services cover underwater. The same DNA that's in that tree is the same DNA in our bones. The fire from Father, Son, and the fire that brings life every day is a spark in our hearts. So we are living in a time of the eighth fire, and it's not a, a physical fire. It's a spiritual fire. So we, are, we have become a part of that fire. And we need to, and I honor each and every one of you for being a, for sharing this journey with me. It is very honoring and humbling experience to be able to share what the what my four directional elders and ancestors had shared at that time. I unplugged and had to walk into the wilderness and relearn life and relearn and reconnect with the culture and the ancestors. Hi, hi. Gerald, thank you so much for those inspiring words and <laughs> uniting also. And um, I would like to uh, check if we can uh, get um, also back uh, Professor Somvir. I don't know if we have him on uh, online. Well, if if not, uh, let's um, let's continue. Yes, sir, yes. You're here. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm well, we are, we are glad to have you back with us. And uh, so the same question, if you can uh, explain uh, how, do, uh, how do you see the importance and the significance, uh, uniqueness of this conference that uh, took place on 24th March? Yes, it was a, a very important thing which we had uh, experienced in the uh, last 20th March. Because we all have human beings and we are living in a creative society. So it's our responsibility uh, to make a good place to live on for Mother Earth and uh, for the all humanity surrounding us. So it uh, is very necessary at this uh, part. Like we all had faced the COVID situation and uh, whole world is screaming out from pain. So after that uh, crucial phase, we need to identify the core uh, aspect of life. Like what is the most important or key aspect in life to consider or to take care? It is about humanity. It is about human being. The eight foundations of creative society is always speaking and taking care of the all uh, aspect of human life. So our prophets, uh, the dream uh, they have dreamed about the life they uh, they uh, expecting life uh, life like uh, 
consumerism and there is no consumerism society love and peaceful environment uh, they uh, they are expecting for us but we have designed the uh, structure of society like this and uh, running up uh, after the money and consumerism uh, consumerism aspect so now it is time to rethink the aspect that involves our prophets dreamed of like uh, in gita says karmas uh, do matter like whatever uh, um, things we experience in life or uh, do with humanity to the human beings it will repay you in coming future so we should uh, look on our acts what type of act we are uh, or behave to the other human beings so nowadays it is the core importance of the uh, time or the century to make this earth as, as a very peaceful uh, place for uh, to live like brotherhood peaceful peaceful and love so we protect humanity first we uh, don't go after races like he is black he is white we all are human being we all connected through the web and we can fear the uh, we can uh, fear the you can say heart and soul voice uh, which is speaking inside us so it is uh, kind of the environment we are uh, looking for all people uh, live with zero hunger there is no uh, person die due to hunger which i am personally doing the like my organization rp is doing so we are trying to feed the roadside people it is our responsibility if we are capable so we need to uh, make an impact to the society so this is the prime factor or outcome of the uh, uh, conference the uh, the 20th march we had like if we have uh, a pure soul we need to express the feeling toward the humanity toward the peace toward the brotherhood we can make a change for our mother earth which we are living in it's our responsibility uh, only if we are not thinking about no one is going to thinking about so we are 99% people are thinking uh, that uh, all are doing bad uh, and no one is coming outside all people are looking for positive change in the society but if we are trying to make an impact people will follow us like our uh, prophet said the positive positivity will always uh, you can say remain upper side and the 1% We, we can convert them to the 99 also so this is from my side a very great experience we give you a humble namaste to all thank you so much thank you thank you sambir uh you mentioned so many uh important things the eight foundations of the creative society and uh, really what uh, uh the last prophet muhammad peace be upon him uh, said that there is no one above another that we are all equal uh in front of god and uh, this is uh, the main message this is really 
really important. So thank you for that. And I would just like to remind our viewers that we are now live in 18 languages. And uh, this all uh, is being done by volunteers. So this is a great uh, example of how people can unite to uh, spread uh, the truth. And um, on the day of the conference, Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of, you know, it went down in history as the day when people fulfilled the prophecy. They purified religions and the truth was voiced for the whole world to hear. The prophets foretold an event that the whole world would be able to hear when the truth will sound in different languages of the world. And this is what has been done. And just two days before the conference, a new video with the participation of Igor Mikhailovich Danilov, the sign was released, in which all of the importance and essence of this great day was revealed. It also contains the answer to the questions that concern us all. What is the choice of all mankind and uh, what awaits us all in the near future? Let's watch together a fragment from this uh, video, The Sign. All the prophets who came are all ours. They came from one God, and they came to the whole humanity. Prophets could not bring different truths. They brought one truth. That truth was always simple. And the essence of it was exactly what we call the creative society today. But prophets said that humanity will come to a certain time when it will face a choice and when we will have two ways. One way is, excuse me, what we call the last hour, the judgment, the apocalypse. And the second one is millennia of life, of a happy life, like in paradise or golden millennia. Yes. However, people did know about this and they knew it not so long ago. But afterwards, it all became altered, concealed and usurped by organizations. Sort of, you cannot come to God without an intermediary and so forth. And so we, an enormous mass of people, billions and billions of people, we supposedly live according to the Prophet's behests. But in actual fact, no, we don't live according to their behests. We live to the dictation of greed, to the dictation of lies, deception, pridefulness and everything that is imposed on us by the consumerist format. Isn't it so? Yet, what do we want? We want simplicity. We really want a clear sky, peace in the whole world, love and respect for each other. We want to travel across the world with no worry and know that it is our world. Guys, no one will do anything instead of you. Because the Lord Himself has given you the right of choice to live or to die. We can change a lot, friends. And in this is really our chosenness. The chosenness of today, of these times. We can, if we want to. And do you know what is interesting? We can do it, 
if we find common language with one another, if we begin to understand each other, and if we really want this, instead of seeing rivals in each other, or envy someone, or something else. Let's just roll up our sleeves, go ahead, and make our world such as we want to see it. So, as you have seen in the, in the video, the sign, as later on during the conference, the reason for the distortion of the common truth which the prophets brought to all people is told. And it also answers the questions about Judgment Day and what it truly means that everyone is chosen in the times we live in. And most importantly, after appearance, of which sign the world will change forever, as the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said. Yes, and the answer to this question came as a shock to everyone. And it is a great joy and an honor to be involved to contribute to this event. Questions that were raised in and revealed in at the conference, Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of, identified the root, uh, the essence uh, of all the problems of mankind. How has the distortion of the truth affected each person and uh, the course of history as a whole? I would like to introduce our guest from Colombia, Martin Arieta, our participant of Creative Society Project. Uh, could you please just share with us about this topic of in the, um, mediators and uh, the distortion of the truth. Muchas gracias, Martin. Saludos. Es para mí un placer estar con oradores de todo el mundo, conferencistas. Tuvieron la oportunidad de estar en esta conferencia. For me, it's a, such a wonderful honor to be present at this conference, and I'm so happy that we are people from all over the world, from different religions, has gathered here to speak of the truth. So what unites all of us? And this truth is supposed to be known by all the people in the world. Today, i just like to say, that the truth, and only the truth, about the Jesus as well. I've been a priest in Christianity, and I know how a religion, uh, religious organization looks like from the inside. And just like to say a few words about who and how changed the prophets and Jesus's teaching. That Jesus, apart from his leaders, he he made a prophecy that the, the goddess love is not that God is here. And he said that um, for spiritual development, a person does not supposed to be led by fear, but by love. And love was the main uh, activity of the believer or the follower. And so the quote from the Gospel of Mm -hmm. actually shows it clearly. And Jesus also taught that the knowledge from God is given to everybody. This is why it's not supposed to be uh, 
broadcasted in somebody's interest, but supposed to be only followed by love and goodness. There's no supposed to be any economic interest or prestige. That Jesus also was against about his own like place in the world or as the meaning or the prominence of any religious leader. It was made from uh, also from the Bible. And in the Gospel from Matthew, he was against about any like religious prominence about being egoistic or something else. But the part of the fact does it describe how spiritual leaders supposed to be like? He's supposed to be based on the following principles. The first one to be guided by love, not to have any economic like profits or benefits for the, his teaching, and then restrict himself from the pride and not to distort his teaching. But why this true um, understanding was changed? Because we've given the power to people that the, Jesus was teaching. It most important thing our personal relationship with God, but when when given this relationship to hands of other people, it's um, we are giving the power, and the only ones who can give the power is us. Which means that each and every religious leaders are started to act on pride and on power, and so he was trying to protect not the not the wishes and wills for the followers and believers. It was really prominent when the Roman Emperor Constantine the Great, that who made himself more prominent, made the, the Christianity legal, which was prohibited before, and he given to the Pope Silverio big mansions and freed him from taxation of the Christian leaders. And he made the bishops thing and so in the later years he actually there was a council that that cleaned up the bible which created degradation and left only what was needed to stay in power that the protector of christianity constantly was not baptized he was only baptized when he was near the deathbed. And uh, Emperor Fiodasi, he made uh, religion, Christianity official religion too. And he also persuaded everybody that mm, the leader is chosen by the God and not following the leader's rule is not following the God. And so created the system for the serving the ones in power and not the ones who are leading to the spiritual um, enlightenment. It was trying to and afterward, we are trying to fight the corruption or anything, but this the fight against corruption wasn't finished. And the reason is that the system dictates the same interest of the past of trying to urge something, of being uh, a top of other people. And because of the consumer societies, mostly the religious organizers and leaders are only taking care of the organization in part from serving God. And none of the same texts are not giving the full truth, but otherwise that many um, prophets, or not many, sorry, not many prophets, but sages, they were removed the true grains that given the freedom to the people for the, the profit of the politics or something. Today, every every um, religious act activities understand that the, everybody, that in those priests, that uh, people who understood how, how distorted the truth is, they understood that there it was a mistake that independently the God is one, there's many religions and many divisions, but they have to be silent about that. Because if they would be start to looking into the truth and talk to representatives of other religions to speak about it in their church, 
They will become the enemies of their religion. They will lose everything. They will lose their job, their friends, their position, their families, or anything. And that way, many people just they continue to lie to others and betray God and themselves. So who listen? Who those uh, priests listen to? The fear and lies are is the only thing that they are able to convey to those who came there to understand about the true, um, the true prophecy from the prophets. So that because of the Jesus and his understanding, he was trying to implement the new model of society. They are, he was explaining that people are supposed to be in the society of truth and uh, happiness and joy. We are able to build a society. We just have to stop listening to people who are leading us to death and to listen to people who bring life into our life by following the prophecies of um, the prophets and to build a society that they've actually dreamed of. So the society that at this moment of time, more than 99% are dreaming of at this moment of time. So this is why... And this is all because the creative society is our unique and only solution out of, and way out of the situation. And, and this way the leaders, they were trying to make this process, this whole process, to be removed or withdrawn. But why wasn't they able to completely do so? It was all because the things that they were trying to accomplish or the ways that they are trying to accomplish, they are made, trying to make the same thing that was in Christianity. And what they're trying to do, that out of that, they try to use it for the politics or something. And um, what it leads to, and what are the assumptions that are happening because of that? What are, what are the things leading from that? It's actually the ones that are the priests that were trying in real life to go for the right path. What uh, that the, everything that happens with them that they are just afraid that they will lose everything as we mentioned before that they will lose their family, their status, their job, their their income, and everything else. And so this is specifically why the church and this teaching, it's not giving what people actually need. It's not giving the keys to that. And what they're giving to people, it's not the hope. And this is just the fear. And what they're trying to achieve is what the, the spiritual process that has to come on, it's not actually moving on. And it's not actually developing for their own. And we have our society change. And so in that kind of society, those church leaders, they're not supposed to be paid by people. This work is supposed to be for free, for a voluntary basis. Only by the will on help others to help the ones surrounding you, it's all supposed to be based on. And the conference in 20th of March actually showed us to that. And this is actually what unites us all on the international level. This makes us, and this makes the thing that it makes the model of our reality a completely different world. 
and to make what the world that to be happening so what would the prophets dreamed of or what the Muhammad actually dreamed of this was the creative society thank you uh, we really should recognize that the responsibility is in our own hands and we should choose whether we destroy or whether we construct or create. And uh, surely, as you've mentioned also, that we all need this um, other format of our society, the creative format, the creative society. And I also would like to give a word to our guest from the Netherlands, Jonathan Rivat. Strategic Sales Development Manager. Uh, Jonathan, hello. Thank you for coming for this uh, broadcast. And what do you think about this topic, about the distortion of the truth and its impact of, on our lives? Hi. Thank you, everybody, for, for having me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what I think is that the conference really helped us to, to re-understand what is this one truth. Um, it is a guide. It's, it's a blueprint for salvation. It is the way of life. So the, the distortion of this truth is putting all of humanity in a state of confusion, uh, doubt, and division. Uh, the, the distortion of the truth uh, brought a modern time at a stage where they are religious people uh, following a distorted truth, atheists refusing that truth of the prophets. And somehow there is also people in the middle who neither deny the idea of this truth nor putting any attention into, into it in order to live in a better way or create a better society. So it seems that people don't know how to live the right way first for themselves and how to live the right way with others. Um, history is made by people making basically the wrong decisions. Either it's from one person or a group of person who made that decision. So therefore, what could we expect regarding the direction um, how history went for the last millennium if we're basing on distorting truth. When history should be a source of experience, of learnings, um, in order to improve humanity, it became a repetition of the same mistakes over and over. The distortion of the truth is setting each person, as well as all of humanity, for failure. But at the end, it is people who have the possibility to change the future for better. It is people who need to cognize the truth. And everybody, I really say everybody, is able to do it. Nobody will do it for us anyway. So it's our responsibility. Thank you very much for, for having me uh, for this round table uh, and continuing the wave that the conference generated. Thank you. Yes, Jonathan, thank you so much. It is true that um, we cannot uh, um, base uh, all our life on um, untruthful foundations. And uh, 
distortion of the truth definitely is uh, is not helping. And I would like to ask the same question to uh, our next speaker, uh, Uzma Sharaf, who is a positive psychology and spiritual well-being practitioner from the USA. Uh, how, in your opinion, the distortion of truth impacts uh, and imp has impacted the lives of everyone on this planet? Yes, thank you so much for having me here. And it's, um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a blessing to join this community of creative society, to see that so many people are coming together with the same vision in mind to create a better society. So, of course, that brings us to the question that, you know, why we are seeing what we are seeing in our society. Uh, why, why are the, you know, things that are manifesting are causing so much harm and destruction? And when I reflect upon this question, the thing that comes to my mind is because we have drifted away from the teachings of the prophets. And we have not applied it, even though we read it, we understand it, but the application of the message requires a strong willpower. And sometimes as human beings, we do not have that strong willpower to implicate the message, to apply the message to humanity. And that has brought us to a point where we are seeing racial discrimination. In recent events, we have seen a lot of those things happening within the United States, across the world, we have seen violence erupting. And all those things are manifestation of us drifting away from the message that Prophet Muhammad and many other prophets of the past have brought us. Uh, one of the message of Prophet Muhammad that I think is very near and dear to me and something that I really um, think that is one, if we can apply it, we can make our society a better place, a peaceful society. And that is what he mentioned in his last sermon, where he said that none of the Arabs have any superiority over non-Arab, or none of the non-Arab have superiority over Arab. He also mentioned none of the white have superiority over black, or black have superiority over white, except for the piety, illa bittaqwa, or you know, by having uh, righteousness. And that's something that we should cultivate within ourselves as, as human beings. Now, the problem is that if, if one person does that, you know, we cannot really have a large impact as we should. But if we do it collectively and we apply the message, then we can create a better place, a better society. And that's something that um, has been uh, very near and dear to me. I have witnessed that when I'm working with people uh, or students across the world, who are coming from, you know, seeking a spirituality or coming as like seeking the divine knowledge or the sacred knowledge. So we all has this need to connect to God. We all have this need to connect to uh, the higher power, you know, or the divine, but somehow we don't know how to, even though we have the message, even though we have the guidance, you know, that we have, but we don't apply it in a way that we should. So, uh, and the other thing I would mention is that this message about humanity as one is very central in Islam. When we say the first kalma that I think many of us may be familiar here, uh, or the Muslim community and many people who are aware of the you know, uh, interreligious dialogue, they would know that the first statement that Muslims say is La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, that Muhammad is a messenger of Allah and he's the prophet of Allah. And that statement actually connect us to the whole humanity. We are all together in it. We are all interconnected. It doesn't matter what race, culture, nationality will belong to, but we are all one. So 
in my opinion, when we think about this, you know, distortion of a society, distortion of a truth is because of not being able to apply it, not having that strong willpower to apply it. And uh, that's what I would uh, say that is very important for us as human beings to collectively apply it in our life, in our community, while working with many of the interfaith um, organization. And uh, as an interfaith activist, I have seen to bring that message and to create that beauty. And nowadays we can see that now we have so much time, right? We are in the time of pandemic. So it's a time that we really connect with the divine. You know, we really connect with the with the higher power. And then once our connection is established with God, we can establish that connection with humanity, which somehow has been disconnected. Yes, uh, thank you, Uzma. Thank you for your insights on this. And it is true that uh, prophets always came to humanity as a whole and that uh, we are all equal. And uh, this... Uh, goes uh, as also one of the main messages throughout the conference. And this is uh, what we've uh, been hearing here today already several times. And, you know, I would just like to remind that uh, we are live in 18 languages. And uh, I would like to ask our speakers, I understand that uh, it is difficult when you are inspired, but please keep in mind that we have guys who are simultaneously translating uh, our speeches, so uh, just uh, to pace ourselves a little bit, me including. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this um, uh, truly is an event, uh, I mean, the conference on 24th March that uh, resonates with everyone. And I would like to um, invite you to watch a video uh, with the, some of the reviews and we'll continue after that. Amazing, oh, and I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so grateful to be part of this Creative Society program. Thank you, guys. Let's keep doing this until we unite mankind. It was a humbling and exciting and inspiring experience to one of us. We want this world to be a better place. We want to leave this world better than when we found it. We want. I'm honored and I'm flattered um, just getting to know the idea of this conference and just watching how diverse it was and you know, understanding that how God is love and how we can love each other equally. In total, I have heard, I've listened, and I've understood from the people around the world the way people actually pour their heart out. And it was so phenomenal to see people from different religions talking almost the same language. I'm totally inspired and motivated by what I received from the conference on the power of love and the role each one of us plays to build it. This is a very beautiful moment I'm sharing that all volunteers all across the globe, we want happiness, we want peaceful life, we want togetherness, we want a life where everyone should live in peace and truth, purified from false. People will be able to understand their religion truly, who watched it and accepted the truth. I think we will succeed in everything. I believe it. The importance of the Creative Society 
as I understand, it is to implement all the good qualities of a person. Such freedom of spirit, such unification of people, such an example of what people who feel the need and strive for the freedom can do, feel the need for this unification, because they understand that these are such times that we simply have no other option. And besides, it is a need, the need of every heart. Wow, friends, I, I hope you feel this uh, inspiration coming from uh, these reviews. I mean, it makes um, uh, me want to re-watch the conference once again and uh, relieve all, all of uh, what's been uh, transmitted during this historic event. And um, I think we are ready to uh, go to the next uh, and last question for today. And um, it concerns actually the feedback because we received literally millions of comments and uh, feedback. And many people are asking what they can do to spread this vital information all around the world so that we can build the world that the prophets dreamed of and in which each of us would like to live. And to answer this question, I have the pleasure to introduce Dr. Sarah Umer, who is an associate professor of arts, Department of Graphic Design, University College of Arts and Design, and Doctor of Philosophy, and um, from Punjab, Pakistan. Sarah? Yes, hello, and thank you. Assalamu alaikum to everyone, and thank you for having me. And um, I would like, really like to say that it's really great to be part of this uh, activity, because this is also very close to my heart. Um, I started uh, my study during my PhD, and I started reading almost every religion of the world. And um, the more I read the ancient religions and the contemporary religion, the more I got into it that we all believe in one thing. But it's just that with the passage of time, the message of the gods that the prophet um, brought to the world uh, was distorted for man's own Western interest and to gain political goals. Um, coming back to your question now, I would like to say that on an individual way, there are two, three things that we can do to make um, our lives more productive and to be, become, uh, and how to spread these messages that on an individual level, we can teach our children the translations of our holy books because each and every religion of the world has brought the same message. So I think on the first level, as parents, we need to teach our children the translation of the word, the books that, and the message that was brought to the world. And on a, on a scholarly level, I would say that we, should, we need to do more research that what are the commonalities, what are the similarities between all the ancient religions and the contemporary religion, and we need to highlight them. I mean, my basic education is in graphic design, and I think what could be that we could have, uh, we could use social media as a tool to get to people. And this could be a game-changing thing. We can have um, um, 
We can have advertising campaigns that can tell people that can reach out to them in different languages. Like you said, that your conference was translated into 45 languages. Uh, this um, uh, roundtable has been translated into 19 languages. So what we can do is that we can have advertising campaigns that highlight what is common between all religions and what is the common message that for which we can have a more peaceful world. Um, one on that. And another we can have uh, what are the things that we can have a social campaign on what are the things that are destroying that peace? What are the elements that are destroying that peace? For that, I'll give you one, two, three examples. For example, the social um, campaign, social media campaign that we had on Islamophobia after 9-11 literally is responsible for destroying two or three nations. Iraq was destroyed that aftermath, uh, Syria was destroyed. Um, I, because I I'm, live in the subcontinent and I can see what's uh, uh, radical uh, thoughts on religion is doing to my region today. Uh, Kashmir has been, uh, uh, is under siege since the past one and a half year. And what are we doing? How can we create a more peaceful world when there's so much wrong going on in this world and we are not highlighting those issues? So I think what we need to do in creative society is to uh, educate people that what are the right things. This is not no message. Uh, Ram never taught this message of the Hindu religion. Buddha never taught this religion, uh, this message. Uh, Prophet Muhammad never taught this message. Abraham did not teach this message to the Jews. So what is really going on? That why are we so at unrest in today's world? And how can we make it a better world? because uh, we need to understand that we are destroying humanity. Um, Allah or God, we can say, has blessed humans with thinking skills. We are the most superior creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, we as a human beings are the ones who at the first sight of fire would run away from it. But in order to save our loved ones, we'll again jump into that fire. We are the only creation who has thinking skills, but we are not utilizing those skills. We are following religious clicks who are manipulating the religion. What we need to do is, I think, that we need to reach out to the message. Uh, we need to reach out to the masses. And for that, we need to do translations. We need to highlight the things that are common between all world religions. And I think it's not a very difficult thing. Um, with social media at our hands today, I think we can reach out to many people because many people you can see have responded to your conference. And if people are responding, that means they're re ready for change. And that is the first step. So this is all from my side on this. Well, thank you very much, um, Dr. Omer. You know, you mentioned several times that it would be uh, great to unite and to see what really unites uh, all of us. And I'm happy to say that this was has already has been done by volunteers of Alatra International Public Movement. And uh, we gathered this information. Uh, and we have several films already that are called Universal Grain. We will definitely uh, send and post links to these uh, in the description of this video and we'll send you to them, uh, sorry, <laughs> you them, and uh, you can watch these videos. Uh, they tell about what unites us all and uh, 
it's really the message of love and um, being happy. So this is uh, a great example of how people can unite to bring truth uh, back and live according to this truth. And um, I would like to ask our next speaker, Kusum Kanwar from India, who is a founder of AdaptSkill and president of WE and uh, global ambassador of GCPIT. What is your opinion on uh, this topic? Thank you so much and namaste from India. And thank you all the volunteers of Philatra. And yes, a special thank you to you, Alexei, uh, because I think what you are doing to unite the world and creating such a beautiful world, getting all of us on this platform is, is just, uh, I'm totally awe-inspired. And um, I think it is each one of us, you know, who can, who can do this uh, and make this difference. Because the history of the world is simply a chronicle of deeds of a small number of ordinary people who have extraordinary levels of commitment. So individuals, that's all of us, uh, you know, who have the power to make a meaningful difference in the quality of our lives are just men and women like you and me and all the volunteers who are doing this. And I think I would like to call all of us and all of you heroes, because I believe you and I and each one of us has that innate capacity to be heroic, you know, to take daring, courageous, compassionate steps to make life better for everyone. So the extent to do the right thing, you know, to, to dare and to take a stand and make a difference is within each one of us. The question is, when the moment arrives, we need to remember we are a hero and selflessly respond in support of those in need. When society's problems you know, seem overwhelming, each one of us can take immediate control by changing our beliefs. And that's what I, uh, you know, I was, when I, when I wasn't a part of uh, 20th uh, uh, March, uh, the, what prophets dreamed of, I was, I was totally, totally, uh, you know, I'm, I, I still get those goosebumps uh, and I want to go back and see the whole conference. So most importantly, we must stop believing that challenges facing us are permanent and that one person's actions don't matter. Reflect, did Mahatma Gandhi give up because he was only one man? Did Mother Teresa surrender her kindness and compassion because she was just one nun fighting the pain of the impoverished? We all need to demonstrate that our actions make a difference. So our everyday decisions will shape the world we pass on to the future generations. What our prophets dreamed of. So I believe and quote Mahatma Gandhi again, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. And whatever results we are experiencing in our lives are the accumulation of a host of small, small decisions we have made, you know, as, as human beings, as individuals, a family, as a community, and as a society. 
And last solution, start with individuals like you and I, who take small but consistent action and steps that build into a worldwide change. So every single one of the national and global problems that we are facing today was set in motion by human behavior. The good news is that since our behavior is a root cause, we have the power to change it. And there are actions every one of us can take in our own homes, in our own businesses, and in our communities that will initiate a change of specific positive consequences. And the only limit you know, to our impact is our imagination and our commitment. Thank you and namaste. Thank you, namaste, dear Kusum, for your words so beautiful uh, actually i don't know you just during this uh, meeting uh, you just want to say thank and i want to say thanks to everyone for your beautiful words because it is really a support for all those people who are watching us who are thinking about how to make these changes how to make these steps and are thinking of how to make this first step maybe so it is really a support to uh, see all of us united uh, on the 20th of March and now, and we are continuing, uh, continuing uh, doing these uh, meetings, doing this broadcast, showing that we are really have one goal. And since we have it, we can, uh, we can really create, construct the creative society. And I also want to ask the same question. Uh, thank you, Dr. Khaled Madi, for joining us today. Uh, Dr. Khaled Madi is uh, PhD in engineering, uh, is from Jordan, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for participating also in uh, this conference, Creative Society, what uh, the prophets dreamed of. And uh, could you please also share with us what do you think about how, should, how could we um, get this vital information to reach every corner of this planet. The conference allowed us to more profoundly understand the time when we live in and the importance of choice in each and every person and activity of every person to see because of the activity of those people and because of those actions this event actually happened you can see how one idea was able to unite millions of people and it supports that people together can achieve a lot if we will not stop there and if we will not keep silent we will only continue if we will only continue to share this information to spread the word and to speak to your friends the people you know and the people they know the more right now we have um, the modern technology using which we are able we are capable of of telling about this idea and so many people in, can share the knowledge in any to any person in any part of the world and i am sure that this is an opportunity and this idea will be able to inspire so many people the idea of creative society goes in line 
with Islam, where every single person, where every single Muslim in this society inputs his own, his own specific um, input. And whoever I was speaking with Muslims or non-Muslim people, everybody greeted with open hand this idea, the idea of creative society. I would just like to reiterate again and again uh, to call each and every one of you to join this project, to our project, the Creative Society. And I would just like to express my deepest gratitude and to you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it is really uh, the truth that uh, this idea of creative society has already inspired millions of people. It inspired us, all of us, and uh, it continues to inspire uh, every person who just get to know about this idea. And that's why it's so important for us to, to talk to each other, to talk and to spread this information for everyone to know this and to choose this um, really uh, humane format of existing, of uh, living, yes. Uh, I also would like to announce, dear friends, uh, that preparations are already underway of the next conference, which will be held on May 22nd, 2021, and the theme of which is Life After Death, Fiction or Facts and facts, I'm sorry. Uh, as Igor Mikhailovich said in the video, The Sign, afterlife is a tool of speculation by all religious organizations. People knew about it uh, and knew not so long ago, but this information has also been, been distorted and suppressed and uh, usurped by organizations. Yes, and on May 22nd, 2021, we will reveal the truth about what really awaits a person after death and why every person's choices during a lifetime are so important. Thanks again to all of the speakers today for their answers and to our audience for their attention and support. And we invite you to the next International Roundtable on the topic how to build a society the prophets dreamed of next Sunday, April 11th. Thank you.